When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, over the years, I know that I've learned a few things about managing my aquariums over the long term. The most interesting lesson to me is that you can always make changes, evolutions, and iterations without completely breaking down the tank as you do them. You could make seemingly dramatic changes to your aquariums and yet still leave considerable parts of them intact and functional. The idea of leaving the substrate and leaf litter, you know, botanical bed intact as you remodel isn't exactly a crazy one. And conceptually, it sort of replicates what occurs in nature, doesn't it? Materials accumulate on top of other materials, facilitating new microbial growth, continued foraging for the you know, resident fishes, and more or less uninterrupted ecology. Yeah, think about this for just a second. As we almost constantly discuss here, habitats like flooded forests, you know, the agapo and the varzea, meadows, vernal pools, agarape, and swollen streams tend to encompass terrestrial habitats or go through phases where they are terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year. In these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other botanical materials remain in place or are added to by dynamic seasonal processes. For the most part, the soil, the branches, and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and such remain present during both phases. The formerly terrestrial physical environment is now transformed into an earthy, twisted, incredibly rich aquatic habitat, which fishes have evolved over eons to live in and utilize for food, protection, and complex protected spawning areas. All of the botanical materials, shrubs, grasses, fallen leaves, branches, seed pods, and such is suddenly submerged. Often currents redistribute the leaves and seed pods and branches into little pockets and stands, affecting the now underwater topography of the landscape. Leaves begin to accumulate. Detritus settles in the nooks and crannies. Soils dissolve their chemical constituents, tannins and humic acids, into the water, enriching it. Fungi and microorganisms begin to feed on and break down the materials. Biofilms form, crustaceans multiply really rapidly, and fishes are able to find new food sources, new hiding places, new areas to spawn life flourishes. So when you remove, you know, I, you knew I'd come down on you with something about aquarium related stuff as it ties to nature. So I got to come back to it, right? So when you remove much of the hardscape, the plants, etc., from your aquarium, as you evolve it to something else, yet you leave maybe the substrate, some of the hardscape and leaves uh, and stuff like that intact, you're essentially mimicking this process in a most realistic way. Such a makeover of an aquarium can be a seriously disruptive event for both you and the fishes, probably more for you than even them. On the other hand, if you take the mindset that this is a transformation of sorts and act accordingly, it becomes more of an evolutionary process. This is something I've done for many years, like a lot of you have, of course, and not only makes your life a bit easier, it can create pretty good outcomes for the fishes that we keep. The uh, urban agapo idea that I've been touting for a good part of the last year is very deliberate execution of this iterative process. It's taught me quite a bit about how these habitats function in nature and what kinds of benefits they bring to the aquarium. We've talked about the idea of flooding an aquarium setup designed to replicate an Amazonian forest before, 
you know, sort of attempting to simulate some of the processes which happen seasonally in nature. With technology, materials, and information available now to us today, the capability of creating a true year-round habitat simulation in the confines of our aquarium or vivarium setup has never been more attainable. The time to play with this concept is now. We've been playing with the idea for a long time, and I've spent a long time formulating our nature-based soils, which attempt to replicate some of the attributes of those found in these habitats during the dry season. When flooded, you get an effect that's very similar to what happens in the agapo. Sure, the water gets cloudy for a bit, the water's tinted, it's turbid, it's sediment-laden. Eventually, though, it settles out. If you planted grasses and plants which are able to tolerate submersion for some period of their life cycle, they'll hang on for a while until the waters recede, just like they do in nature. And you can go through multiple wet and dry seasonal cycles with the same substrate and perhaps only a slight addition of materials to replenish those which have broken down. I now have one Barzea setup that's been going for 13 cycles. It's pretty, pretty easy. The result is a continuous aquarium, one which can stay more or less intact over a long period of time and iterations. This can work in all types of aquariums, large and small, and they don't have to be, you know, Barzea or Agapo simulations. You can just do it in a conventional aquarium where when you change it, uh, you don't absolutely break the thing down. Now, no one said the hobby's easy, but it's not difficult either, as long as you have a basic understanding of the environmental processes and the conditions within your aquarium. You could be fairly aggressive at remodeling your tank without the fear of the tank cycling again, in my experience. That's a big question a lot of people ask. And the idea of leaving essential biological components of your aquarium more or less intact for an indefinite period of time is really compelling to me. Of course, an aquarium which utilizes botanicals as a good part of its hardscape follows a set of phases too. And I found that once a botanical style aquarium, blackwater, brackish, or otherwise, has sort of hit that stable mode, it's just that, stable. You won't see widely fluctuating pH levels, nitrate, phosphates, etc. To a certain degree, the aquarium has achieved some sort of a biological equilibrium. Of course, the thing that's unique about the botanical style approach is that we tend to accept the idea of decomposing materials accumulating in our system. We understand that they act to a certain extent as fuel for the micro, you know, micro and mi uh, microbes and the microfauna, which reside in the aquarium. Boy, I tripped over that, didn't I? The ideas of leaving this material in place over the long term are crucial components to this approach. As we've discussed repeatedly, just like in nature, they'll also form the basis of a complex food chain, which includes bacterial biofilms, fungi, and minute crustaceans. Each one of these life forms supporting, to some extent, those above, including ultimately our fishes. So when you're contemplating and executing your evolutions, I've long believed that if you decide to leave the botanicals in, uh, in your tank to break down and decompose completely, if that's kind of the way you manage your tank, you shouldn't suddenly change course by suddenly removing all this stuff all at once, particularly if you're going to a new version of an existing aquarium. Now, why is this, you say? Well, think about it. I think my theory is steeped in the mindset that You've created a little ecosystem, and if you start removing a significant source of someone's food, or for that matter, their home, there's bound to be a net loss of biota, and this could lead to a disruption to the very biological processes that we aim to foster. Okay, it's a theory, but I think I might be onto something, maybe? So here's my theory in more detail. So simply look at the botanical style aquarium, like any aquarium, of course, as a little microcosm with processes and life forms dependent upon each other for food, shelter, and other aspects of their existence. And I really believe that the environment of, of this type of aquarium, because it relies on botanical materials, like leaves and seed pods and stuff, is more significantly influenced by the amount and composition of said materials to operate just, you know, operate successfully over time, just like the natural aquatic ecosystems. The botanical materials are a real base for the little microcosm that we create. 
And of course, by virtue of the fact that they contain other compounds like tannins, humic substances, lignans, etc., they also serve to influence the water chemistry of the aquarium. The extent to which is dictated, of course, by a number of things, including the starting point of the source water used to fill the tank, etc., etc. So in short, I think the process of utilizing botanicals in our aquarium is multifaceted, highly influential, and of extreme importance for the stability, ecological balance, and efficiency of the tank. Okay, I might just be torturing this to death and maybe maybe not giving a whole lot of more useful stuff here at this point, but I admit that it's a bit confusing. Uh, especially words like multifaceted sounds like a you know poor way of saying they do a lot. However, I think that's the way we have to think about it. And I think we tend you know, we need to think about how interesting this very simple process of evolving a tank is. And yeah, I'll concede that we probably don't have every answer on the processes which govern this stuff. In fact, we barely have any, really. For example, the most common question I get, we do have some, though, let, let, me, let me backtrack. We do have some answers based on our experience. Are they guarantees? No, but they're answers. For example, the most common question I get when it comes to taking out a fair amount of this material and then sort of remodeling the tank and continuing it is, is will it cycle again? And the answer is it could. On the other hand, here's my personal experience. Remember, I keep a sort of diary of most of my aquarium tanks. I have for over three decades. Ugh, makes me feel old. Um, anyway, just and just a random scanning of my diary, I see that I've executed this practice dozens and dozens of times in all sorts of currents, ranging from planted tanks, which yes, I've done a few, to hardscape only tanks, to botanical style planks, to brackish, to reef tanks, all kinds of stuff. Not once, as in never, have I personally experienced an increase in ammonia or nitrite indicative of a new cycle by remodeling the tank. I just haven't. Now, this doesn't mean that I guarantee a perfect cycle-free process for you. On the other hand, by leaving the bulk of the substrate material intact and continuing to provide fuel for the extant biotia by leaving in and adding to the botanicals present in the aquarium, I think it's entirely possible as my experiences have shown me. Some of you ask why I'm so confident in my ability to iterate a tank in this kind of aggressive fashion. No, it's not because I'm some kind of brilliant pioneer or prophet that knows stuff that everybody else doesn't. I don't. It's because like many of you, I've adopted a special mindset, a mindset and consistent husbandry practices that assure success with this process, just like they do in the entire botanical style aquarium system. Consistent husbandry, ridiculously consistent. I'm a fanatical observer of my aquariums, particularly the botanical style ones, which I run, which is so all of them. <laughs> and I do the same things over and over and over again, specifically weekly small water exchanges. I don't overcrowd my tanks. I don't add tons of fishes at one time. I don't overfeed my fishes. And I don't add a large batch of botanicals at one time to remodel, you know, or, 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 you know, existing aquariums as well. I'm annoyingly patient. I don't freak out over things taking a while. I embrace detritus, at least the kind that's caused by mineralization of botanical materials. I embrace this stuff as fuel for the biological operating system, not as something to be afraid of. And like many of you, I don't see a need to rush to some version of finished in all my aquariums. Personally, I don't think that botanical style aquariums, like most other aquariums, are ever really finished. They simply continue to evolve over extended periods of time, just like the wild habitats that we attempt to replicate in our reefs, in our systems too, excuse me. I don't know, I was thinking of reef tanks. See those subliminal messages there, you know I'm thinking about doing a reef tank. But the point is that these aquariums can go on indefinitely if we manage them and understand what will happen and if we accept what nature does. And the botanicals in the aquarium, well, they'll keep breaking down. They'll keep enriching the aquarium habitat and parting humic substances, linen, lignin, tannin, etc. You know, 
compounds which have material impact on the ecology, the biology, and the chemistry of the aquarium. Understand and facilitate these natural processes in your aquariums. Keep that in mind when you iterate one. If you're months into a tank and simply don't like the look or the performance or whatever, you can easily change it. It's a lot like catching a continuously running commuter train or taking the subway or whatever, right? There's always an opportunity to go somewhere else. You just have to jump on at the right time. Part of the beauty of the botanical style aquarium is that you can sort of pick up where you are and ride it out for a while or change the routing as you desire. You're starting your tank as a South American Amazonian habitat, but you're suddenly enamored with a more Asian or African look. Boom, keep the operating system intact, but change out some of the elements. Don't feel compelled to siphon out all the detritus or whatever the BS that you, you know, hear regurgitated all the time when people talk about tank makeovers. Don't worry about it. Unless you're tearing apart a tank because it's, you know, a smelly, stinking, mismanaged, toxic pile of shit that's killing all your fishes, the biological fuel should be kept intact for your new iteration. And just vow to take, you know, better care of your tank the next time. If you were one of those people that had a smelly, stinky, mismanaged, toxic pile of shit, that's my advice to you. Super easy, right? It really is, if you let it be that way. Evolution in our aquariums is not only fun to watch, it's a lot of fun to manage as well. And it's even more fun to have the option to do either. Our aquariums can operate continuously for indefinite periods of time if we allow them to. It's a compelling, fascinating idea and a process. Enjoy it. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.